You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, 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 it seems like there is a little more juice, a little more spirit in Patriots Nation right now. Oh, but what one single victory and a massive potential departure of a coaching legend can do for a franchise in Foxborough that has been in turmoil and turnaround for the majority of the season. That's why we called in the big guns for this very special edition of Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Sign up today with FanDuel.com slash six rings. Take advantage of FanDuel's great same game parlays. No sweat first bets. And of course, don't forget, hashtag fade Fitzy. Chances are, whatever my selection is, if you bet the opposite, you will make a mint for you and your family this holiday season because I stank at making bets. It's a confirm. Andy can confirm as well. All right, today it's your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens mm-hmm. alongside Andy Jumbo Hart and joining us live today, someone I've looked forward to getting on the podcast for quite some time here on the Odyssey and 2400 Sports Network, who I've had the pleasure of working with many times at Gillette Stadium as well. Andy had the pleasure of covering him years ago with his breakthrough performance in November of 2014. He is the owner of the third most rushing yards in a Patriots game. His four-touchdown performance against the Colts, one of the highlights of the second half of the Patriots' double dynastic era. He's a man who has a day named after him, of course. We're talking about the one and the only Sports Illustrated cover doll, Jonas Gray, in the house. Jonas, what's up, my guy? Fitzy, what's going on, brother? Glad to be here. Glad to finally have you, my man. Um, You know, I was looking to get you on the podcast for a while because you've been so sharp and so good at all the events we've worked at together in the stadium the last couple of years. But then earlier this week, when I saw your tweet after America had an immediate love affair with your guy, Sean Stellato, Tommy DeVito's agent, who walked right off the set of Guys and Dolls and onto the field at MetLife on Monday night with the suit and the hat and everything. I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely the week we got to get Jonas on the pod. So was he your agent for like your whole career, a certain period of time? Is he still your agent? You guys still have a thing going on? Can you tell us a little bit about the mystery man who just alongside Tommy Cutlets like lit the football world on fire last Monday? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Sean Stellato is a great guy. He's a Sa- Salem native, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But, you, you know, w- the way I met him, he he ended up being my agent um, actually pretty much right after the 201-yard performance, um, if you can actually mm-hmm. believe that, which is actually mm-hmm. funny. Um, but at the time, it, it's funny, I, I had a few uh, agents through my through my career. And at the time, I was just in transition looking for a new agent. My last agent was just, you know, caught up in a few things. And I just, I really was looking for somebody that had a small boutique agency that was going to be just like a straight hustler for you. 
And, you know, he, he had so many great contacts in the area. And so I just go to different events that were going on, like Joe Volano, who's a D tackle um, that from Maryland that ended up playing on the team for, for a few seasons. Um, he was uh, Sean Stellato's, Sean Stellato was his agent originally. So I would go to a few events with Joey and he would always come out with, you know, some type of money from the deal or, you know what I mean? His agent was always right there. And for him you know he's always getting them great opportunities off the field and that's the major thing for these you know for for guys that like me and joe were undrafted guys that were like we can get some off the field money that's awesome and so he was just a hustler you know doing all those things and so i just do it did a few events with joe and the next thing you know i'm like i'm finding myself you know doing more and more events with just him and that's yeah. when i decided to sign with him so it, it happened like probably a week after my 201 game and we pretty much plotted a, a chart a course on how we would go that entire off season we had we basically what, I, what we said to ourselves were you know i want to win the um the walton payton you know the, man, uh, the walter payton, payton man of the know, year award yeah, yeah yeah the man of the year award like that was one of the things we were pushing for the man of the year award and, and then also making a pro bowl and so we were trying to chart a course for doing those two things and so we were going to the shriners hospital giving back to just like so many different worthy organizations and so that's when i really understood like what was deep about sean you know he was really big on just giving back and he wrote a book um uh, you know uh, he wrote a book you know basically about his experience and his resiliency. So we just had a lot in common and uh, I was happy to have him as my agent. It's funny because you you talk about Tommy DeVito and we're going to talk about Bailey Zappi and, mm -hmm. you know, sort of striking while the iron's hot, like when the opportunity arises for these guys and you are obviously kind of a, a poster boy for, you know, out of nowhere, big game, but then maybe some of also the cautionary uh, aspects that come with being ready to take advantage of your opportunity. When you see these guys, like a Tommy DeVito is the perfect example, or even, you know, Dobbs earlier with Minnesota and just different guys that pop up unexpectedly, seemingly more so this year, because every quarterback in the league has gotten hurt, it feels like. Um, do you, like, how do you look at as a guy that lived that life, like not knowing when the opportunity was coming and not knowing when the opportunity is going to be taken away, how do you observe these guys like DeVito and Zappi and Dobbs and ever in terms of your lenses of experiences? Oh, what a great question, Andy. And, um, you know, I, I actually, right. I was thinking about this. The, the Yeah, he's coming off firing with great questions right away, Fitzy. <laughs> step step yeah, your game up, Fitzy. Yeah, no, no, don't encourage him, please. It doesn't help the podcast. It really does. Step your game up. Right? Yeah, the head, the head can barely fit in the frame as it is. All right. <laughs> yeah. So no, absolutely, man. Um, I, I actually sometimes I look at it in the lens of what organization they're doing it with. You know what I mean? Who's the coach? Who's the staff? Like, are they going to be willing to play a guy long term that? you know, maybe it's not making the most money on the team. Maybe there's some controversy involved there. So I'm, I'm looking at it from that lens and, you know, just, you know, thinking about, you know, my opportunity and, you know, and if, you know, something happens for them where that opportunity is taken away, will they ever be able on that same organization to get another opportunity again? Have, have they bought themselves that much time? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at it right away. Like, how much time have you actually bought yourself? Like, you get an extra year now? Like, are you a backup now to, to Daniel Jones for, 
you know, the foreseeable future? Like, what what does that look like? And really, I just start, you know, really thinking about it's just you you can't even think about that. You gotta just take it like literally game by game because the NFL is one of those places that literally I mean, we all talk about it. What have you done for me lately? That's that's mm-hmm. all it's about. You can have one bad game, you can have one bad experience, one bad off the off the field incident, whatever it may be. You know, if that if that's something that causes for that opportunity to to stop, then you you just got to be focused all around. Like it, for a guy like Tommy DeVito, he's having Sean is the perfect guy for him because literally when I had my whole situation with the alarm clock and all that stuff, Sean was calling me every morning at five thirty in the morning. Like making because we just had motivated each other. Like, What's up? Come on, we just had yeah. S. Let's go. You know what yeah. I mean? We, yeah, we yeah, yeah. Motivated. Well, that's good we to hear. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you need people like that in your corner. And I know for Tommy DeVito, and I was even, you know, I, obviously you guys know the agency business. You guys are like vultures. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And seeing a guy like Tommy DeVito, there was a ton of agents reaching out to him. There was, you know, all these different marketing groups. And I'm just glad that Sean had a chance to actually be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with him and let everybody know that that's his guy. Because Sean's the type of guy that will keep keep him in that perspective. Like, you, you haven't made it yet. You know what I mean? They're still, yeah. you, you know, thinking about, you know, the fact that the Jets called him in for just a tryout. You know what I mean? I was actually talking to Sean about that. And I'm and he was saying, like, he just keeps putting that in his ear. You know what I mean? Like these, like, you know, as motivation, like these teams didn't, you know, didn't think twice about you. So just keep keep at it. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. that's how I look at it for sure. It really has to be one game at a time. And you know, Absolutely. you've got guy like Andy's right, like there's been 54 starting quarterbacks this year in the league. You could be a guy like Jake Browning, who everyone was like, I'm sorry, who who are you again? And right. now yeah, he stepped in for Burrow. He could be leading the Browns, excuse me, rather the Bengals to uh, a wild card hunt that they thought they had no chance at when their all world quarterback goes down. If he does, that's great. But maybe he creates himself an opportunity somewhere else like Matt Castle did six years prior to you and your breakout game with the Patriots. You know, uh, the pastronaut, as they call Dobbs, could be the hero one minute one. And then he's the goat the next week. So you got to take advantage of those moments, make the most out of it. And, you know, I, I think in a in a down year, um, honestly, something like Monday night where you see Sean and Tommy out there together, just freaking frack, like just they look perfect together. It created a lot of positive buzz. People are having fun with it. I was just listening to our sister station, WFAN in New York a few minutes ago. That's all they're talking about. They're not talking about the Jets. They're not talking about the Knicks or any or even the Yankees or Yamamoto, the free agent pitcher. They're all talking about. The Giants and Tommy Cutlets, it's put a buzz back. And I know you rode that wave before. And mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi is a great pivot point for us to uh, to go on uh, as we start to talk about this week's game, Jonas. Uh, you know, Zappi, like he experienced it last year. He was the guy in New England for three weeks because Mac Jones was struggling. He gets hurt. Zappi comes in. Who's this kid? Fourth round Western Kentucky. What? All of a sudden, Zappi fever, Zappi hour becomes the thing. One fumble against the Bears in a bad second half. Nobody cares all over again. Now he gets us like, and like you said, stay on the grind. Just keep working hard. Find the organization you think that is the best for you, even if that organization, Andy, cut you again this preseason. Zappy just keeps punching back and keeps fighting. And now he gave Patriots Nation and the team a little life against the Steelers. And now maybe he gives them a chance or to at least earn himself a job with the team going forward and make the rest of this season fun. Do you think if Zappy uh, 
continues to play pretty well. Would Bill, and we'll get to what kind of situation Bill is in momentarily. Who? Do you think Bill, <laughs> exactly. Dun, dun, be, dun. Uh-oh. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you think Zappy could uh, earn himself a spot with, <clears throat> could Zappy earn himself a spot with this team? I think absolutely. Even if it's, you know, in a, you know, backup emergency role, you know what I mean? For a draft pick, you know, even if it's, you know, because it, it, at this point, there's a certain trust with Bailey that we've built. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. I, and it, I don't know how high of a level of trust it is. You know what I mean? We'll have to see the consistency from game to game. But I, I definitely think that, you know, he's through what he did last season, you know, finishing out and what he's done this year and the fact, like you're saying, he's, you know, been resilient enough to be cut by the team, be brought back. You know, I, I feel like he's almost, in a way, he's really representing that that old Patriot way. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. being you know, doing your job, being ready for your opportunity, you know, going in and, you know, even if you're pushed aside by the team sometimes, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I go, I keep in my mind, I keep replaying Bailey after the game and the whole locker room with the, the Belichick, the Belichick handshake, you know what I mean? He gives him the thumbs up first yeah. from a distance. And then, you know, he goes up and shakes his hand and you got to be like that. You know, sometimes you got to think in your mind, I'm still trying to prove it to that guy. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to prove it. Um, I, I have a lot to prove, and I got a chip on my shoulder because of that guy. And, and sometimes you need that. And I and I know, you know, there may have been for Tom Brady, differing, and in different years, he may have felt that way about Bill. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that there's a certain level of trust that we built with Bailey, and I think you know he can definitely, you know, if we end up drafting a quarterback next year. He definitely could be the backup. I feel good about him going in and even competing with the starting, you know, potential, you know, uh, rookie quarterback. So you uh, you alluded to it earlier. Fitzy just alluded to it. Dun, dun, dun. Bill. And, you know, it's funny. We're talking about guys taking advantage of opportunities and doors close. It's a production league. You can have one bad game and the league is ready to just move on to the next guy. I think we always thought certain people were above that. And maybe Bill Belichick was one of those people. But. Uh, I've started saying this this phrase to Fitzy, losing is undefeated. When you lose, it wins out. It crushes everybody in its path. It's like a tsunami or whatever you want. And Bill Belichick is in the path of losing. That's just the reality. Losing record last year, three wins this year. And now we have the report from Tom Curran this week that the decision was made in Germany after that Colts game that they're going to move on from Bill Belichick. As a guy that was in the midst of the second part of the dynasty and in that locker room, is it is it weird for you to see people like us idiots doing podcasts talking about Bill Belichick's going to be fired or Bill Belichick's going to be traded or Bill Belichick just simply won't be the head coach of the New England Patriots anymore, even though he's 3-10 and 10 and he's 71 years old? You know what? I, I think that uh, three years ago, maybe four years ago, I felt like that. I, I felt like, you know, what are people talking about? Like, you know, how, how can people even be alluding like the COVID year? You know what I mean? The COVID year mm-hmm. that Bill had, like, and people were just, they were dumping on the team. They were, they were all over Cam Newton. And I remember saying to myself, <clears throat> you know, Bill didn't get an opportunity to do his normal offseason where he has, you know, he, he goes out and scouts different players. You couldn't even bring guys in for workouts. You know what I mean? There were so many different things. So I, I was like, we'll, we'll give him a pass even going into next season. Let's give him a full year, you know, the year after Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Let's give him a full year to be able to, 
you know, bring in guys who work out, can, pay the, can, can have that real competitive environment, get priority free agents, you know what I mean? And he went out and did that. And the team stunk again, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then, you know, you think about the draft picks and, you know, you think about opportunities we had to bring guys back. And, and then you start to just see a trail of not only bad football, but mistakes. And that's when you have to start really saying, okay, a lot of greats, great coaches have had to move on. And yeah, it's been hard. You know what I mean? It's been, you know, the honeymoon period's over though. You know what I mean? That, that, that time I think is over. And if you want to go back to relevance and not just relevant for not just history, but for who you have as your coach, um, I, I think that a, a big thing is, is getting rid of Belichick. Yeah, and and that's and that's crazy ground to stand on. I mean, the guy, you know, gave you your opportunity, but then also sort of took the opportunity away later on, mm-hmm. which just kind of like, I'm sure spun you around like a top as it did everybody else as well. And mm-hmm. you know how how long can you expect? You know, in a performance based league, if you don't show up in high school, if you don't show up at Notre Dame, if you don't show up in practice and get an opportunity on a certain Sunday night in November 2014, um, you can't live off your resume for for forever. Like eventually, like you said, it's a production based league and you can make the excuses of like, well, I didn't have Brady anymore. Okay. Well, you should have seen that coming. Like I didn't have Gronk anymore. Like, well, there was Andy often points out to the fact that bill in his, like, like you can maybe speak to this Jonas, like his like laser, like focus on certain things and his breadth of knowledge is amazing, but that sometimes creates like a blind spot in terms of, uh, preparing for something else that you may need. Like, Hey, great. The defense got built back up this year. That's awesome. The offense sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. Brady's leaving. Oh, what a great 20 years. All right, cool. Who's going to play quarterback now? Let's grab Cam Newton off the scratch. Like it just can't keep you. It almost feels for somebody who's like so prepared. It almost feels like stuff's just getting made up on the fly. Oh, wow. You you hit it on the head. I I couldn't agree. I can ask good questions too, Andy. Nah, yes, it was more of an opinion absolutely. than he's agreeing with. <laughs> Damn it. Got you All right, bye. <laughs> but no, um, no, I, I absolutely, you know, agree. I, I I keep, you know, in my mind just going back to it's almost like the perfect storm for a winning coach like Belichick, especially given that the dynasty and all those great things. Um, you have a certain way that you're built as a coach. You know what I mean? You're tough nose. You're you're not going to deal with a lot of this. You're not going to deal with a lot of that. You're tough with the media. You know what I mean? You're you're mm-hmm. short with your answers. You're, you're, this is who you are. And then you start to realize that the the times are changing, especially when it comes to the locker room. It you know I, even when I was there, it wasn't the most player friendly environment. It was very competitive, which that sometimes is player friendly to the great players, mm-hmm. to the great, to the mm-hmm. good ones. But you still have to have a culture where the environment is player friendly. And I remember, I just, you know, all these little things go through my mind when Reggie Wayne was on the team for that little stint. And I remember he was just like, every day he was asking me like, this is really how y'all do things around here? And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember I was having such a good training camp and he was like, man, you you looking good, man. But he's like, they're treating you like Trent Richardson. And like, I just, you know what I mean? I just like right. all those things, like I go through my mind and they had him in the, you know, the final preseason game. I think we may have been even playing the giants and he was just getting beat up. Like he was just getting knocked around. And I remember like a few weeks later he retired, 
You know what I mean? And then yeah. I think about, um, you know, I think about uh, what's the receiver? I can't remember his name right now from uh, Tennessee, um, Eric Decker. He comes over here. He then retires. I you know what I mean? Eric Decker on the Patriots. That was a thing for like three yeah. weeks. I'm yep. telling you, the, and the, these guys are veterans. They come in here and then all of a sudden they just retire. And then you get the whole situation when, you know, Tom does leave. We have an opportunity to maybe get a quarterback if it works. You know, maybe Matthew Stafford's available now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He immediately says, I don't want to go to New England. You know what I mean? So it's like he built this unfriendly environment. And then the only person that was left for him to really grab was Cam Newton. And so that is when I think he kind of realized, okay, I can't control everything because Cam's going to come up here with these hats. He's going to come up here with his own swag. And I'm not going to be the one to tell him to get off Snapbook and to get off face chat and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like the times are changing. Everybody's on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's even you are on it coach. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, um, so you, I felt like it was a perfect storm. He, he didn't have a player friendly environment. And so that, I think a lot of the way he, you know, operated back then, even, you know, 10 years ago that he can't do that now. And I think that sometimes affects the plan on the field. Like Mm -hmm. he, I think he himself is having an internal battle with my old style versus my, what I have to try to transform into. And And that's why I think it feels like there's mistakes after mistake after mistake. Like it's just, it's, it's reached this point. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. And I do think Bill has in various ways attempted to change. And I think he's been forced to, obviously when you're in the job, as long as he's been almost 25 Mm -hmm. years and Mm -hmm. new generations of players and, Hell, you know, iPhones are a thing now. They weren't a thing when he started coaching the Patriots. Never mind, started coaching the NFL. So right. let me ask you, because I think that's really interesting. And Bill, I won't say Bill is blind to it. Bill has always said he's a tough guy to play for, and this is a tough place to play. And, you know, you often notice it when veterans arrive and they see a stark contrast to where they've been and where they've had success. But let's just let's just play this out, given your knowledge of, of all of that. So let's presume that Bill is done and there'll be a mutual parting of the ways or whatever. If Jonas Gray was part of a uh, search committee that was working with Robert Kraft to find the next head coach of the New England Patriots, what are some of the characteristics or factors you're looking for in that next head coach here for for New England? Yeah, I think that, you know, you, you almost you cannot go to a similar style that Belichick was. So you almost have to force yourself to go almost completely in the opposite direction in terms of mannerisms in terms of you know what i mean just overall as a coach who you are you know guys that are open more open with the media you know what i mean more willing to do um you know things that may not be conventional like grabbing a quarterback early you know what i mean that may not everybody's not high on this guy but we just got to grab him you know what i mean like just making those decisions so i think you have to have someone young that is you know in line with some of the you know uh a, a young former player, maybe he's a former Patriot, maybe he's a former player, period, but a guy that has great relationships and that can build a great staff around the league. You know what I mean? A guy that, you know, a lot of people will see to as a leader, they'll respect, even if he is young, you know what I mean? And it can be a all different, different type of dynamics. You think about, you know, um, you know, Mike McDaniel right now, you know what I mean? He's obviously that laid back style, but people still see him as a leader and they respect him. You know it's what working. I mean? so I think, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. You can find that in in a in a young coach. Um, but I think it, I think I love the the former player role. I think that this in terms of winning right away, I really think having a former player and having a former player led staff, it, it would be really cool to see. And I think that it would really work. And it's funny not to jump in the different direction, but the Raiders, that's where they went right now with Antonio Pierce, like the Patriot way, the Josh McDaniel, which apparently was basically what you're describing. People were miserable. They hated the Patriot way in Vegas. Like they didn't like McDaniels and the way he carried himself, that whole thing. And their counterpunch to that for the rest of this season anyway, was the energetic ex-player Antonio Pierce. And D'Amico Ryans has obviously had success in Houston, Dan Campbell, here, maybe people are thinking, oh, they must be talking about Gerard Mayo. Maybe it's Mayo. Maybe it's not Mayo. Who knows? Um, but it is definitely a trend to go the ex-player route uh, in the NFL these days. And that's certainly anti-Belichick. That's, you know, the very, very different than the old the old man from the NESCAC who played D3 football and couldn't play. So he decided to coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, Andy, you're right. He, he has done a good job of, you know, over this, you know, long story career adapting you know what I mean adapting when he needs to but I think that now it's reached a point where not being able to adapt or trying to adapt without great players like mm -hmm. it, it, it's just it, you know what I mean it's so yep. hard to do because guys aren't really gonna buy in completely buy in unless the, the top dog is doing it and he's got to be one of the better players you know what I mean and I, that that's why I think it's just you, you have to look at it and be like okay maybe it's just time now it's time to make a change. You know what I mean? You look around the the AFC, you look around the, the division, you look around and, you, and it's just time to make a change in a lot of places. You know what I mean? And, and sure. you have to look, are, are you going to be last to make that change? You know what I mean? Or are you going to be last to maybe get an opportunity to get some of these other coaches that are going to be available? You know what I mean? Because um, you do want to have a nice exhaustive search. You know what I mean? Even if you think Mayo may be the guy, even if you that that's your opinion. I feel like you still have to do a nice search and you have to have something to look at. You know what I mean? It's got to be okay. Ben Johnson and Gerard Mayer as an example, you know what I mean? The qualities and you got to be able to see what's there um, and, and make an informed decision. And I think the crafts will. Um, and I think they'll, they'll have a lot of buy-in from former players. And so I think they'll make a good decision. If it, if it does come to that, I know we're all we're speculating, of course. Right. Uh, we don't know with certainty, but it's trending in that direction as well. And the crafts do owe it to the organization themselves and their investment in the fans to do an exhaustive search and try to find someone who both knows the game, uh, has a new voice that'll be listened to. And yeah, if you said like the leaders, the, the talent, the big dogs, if they're not buying in, you can tell people to trust the process all you want. You can show them the resume. You can point to the six rings and the banners. That's all well and good. But if the results aren't there in the field, then it doesn't really matter.